and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. Today, we are talking to director, producer, and streaming service creator, Kristen Baker. Um, well, actually, there are too many hats to list because she seems <laughs> to do it all. Uh, thanks for chatting with us today, Kristen. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we have to disclose something, though. We actually know Kristen. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Caitlin and I have worked with Kristen before, so. And Just and they're still having me know. on the podcast, so it went well. Yeah. <laughs> See? All right. So let's keep those happy times going. And I I will start with the first question. So was there a show, book, movie, or song? I know it's a lot of choices that made an impact on you and started your love for media. Oh, geez. Well, it's definitely going to be either like a show or a movie. Um, Cause that's, that's my jam. Um, absolutely. So, um, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think like ones that it's, I'm going to pick a movie just because I remember I'm this old sitting and like rewinding VHSs of my favorite movies, right? Like over and over again. Um, and, you know, some of them that I just like memorized and watched, like all, like just with the, the Princess Bride. I love the Princess Bride. Um, I remember I rewatched Pretty Woman, but I think that's because I had a crush on Julia Roberts and just didn't know it at the time. Um, but that was a that was a solid rom com, um, still still one of the best of it today in my opinion. Um, you know, there's a really random movie called Toys with Robin Williams and Joanne um, or Joan Cusack, that's an LL Cool J. It was like LL Cool J's like first role. That was just phenomenal, and I love that visually. I remember that movie, so I would say like those were three that I watched over and over again as a when I was starting to kind of play around, I started playing around with like VHS cameras and editing when I was, you know, in junior high. And um, so I would watch all those. So I feel like those were probably some pretty solid inspirations early on for me. So you were a nerd from the start? From, I mean, no doubt, no question about it. Super, super nerd. I mean, listen, I was a Star Trek watcher, Star Wars, you know, I love the sci-fi, love me some Xena. You know, come on. Relatable. Yes. Oh, yeah. Big dork right here. So what prompted you to get into telling queer stories through film? Um, you know, when um, when I was I was working a full time nine to five job, but I still felt like really called to make movies. And it was when YouTube was just starting to like become like a thing and like everyone suddenly was making their own content. And I was like, well, I can do that. 
but there wasn't enough like lesbian content, um, lesbian queer content. And there was a TV show that was from the UK called Bad Girls that we got over here that had a um, Nikki and Helen storyline that I just like ate up like it was like ice cream, like an ice cream sundae. And when their storyline ended at season three, I was like, what am I going to do? And then I was geeking out with a friend of mine and she was like, let's make lesbian web series. And I was like, that's a great idea. But instead of just making one, I also decided to start a streaming platform when I have no idea how to code or do any of that. <laughs> so that's how Tello was was born. But I, I raised a little angel investing money and found some people who could help me. And I figured if I could do, do the content part of it, like make things that were like good and cheap, then I could feed, you know, this the the kind of the YouTube piece of it. So that's how that all got started. And, and here we are today. Here we are having a having a convo about it that's right um, but yeah. what do you think is the importance of having representation behind the camera as well as on camera well i mean gosh how how upset have we all been at like the male gaze for telling telling queer female stories you know what i mean it's like it's so upsetting and you can tell it's like yes you know don't get me started on disobedience i mean geez louise oh you my know, gosh oh god it you know and so i think insane. that's just one example of of i think a male gaze especially when it came to the intimate scenes um that just really messed i think made the made the movie like for some people just like had such a negative impact so mm -hmm. yeah i think um i think it's so important to to have rep, you know have representation behind the camera so that we understand the nuances of our of our own storytelling and our own story and it's you know it's hard sometimes it can be it can be hard when you're looking you know to to speak to the community in a nuanced way yeah absolutely i think theora and i especially like to rage about how the the male gaze in queer uh scenes but <sighs> Oh yeah, really yeah. Blue is the warmest color. I mean, we can list them. We can oh list my gosh. them. Do you know what I'm saying? Those it's are, like we know yeah. what they are. Those are definitely ones that I can't watch. Like I tried to watch Disobedience, and it was a do not finish for me, because especially yeah. when they got to that one scene, I think we everybody kind of. I don't get the spitting. I don't understand it, but sure, whatever. I'm, someone know. out there is going to send you a very long reason, Bree, but I think you can just say, for me, I don't understand it. If it speaks yeah, to you, fantastic. Go for and it, I agree but... with you. For me, it did not It did not resonate. I also just don't think it did anything for the narrative. No. So, anyway. Well, thankfully, we have conscious creators out there who are like <laughs> yourself, who are trying to make things through the lens of the intended audience, which we yeah. appreciate. And so we thank you for starting your own uh, streaming service production company. What was the process like for getting those projects started? Um, you mean like like the web series projects that we were creating when we first started? Like, is that what you mean? Like the original content piece? kind of like getting any production company off the ground so or, oh yeah 
Yeah, I mean, there, it's usually because you have a project that you love, you know, that you wanna, that you that you want to either either a story idea that you want to tell, and then you either write the script or you have someone write the script. So you know, really, it all starts with story. It all starts with the story that you want to tell, and then you you know write a script, figure out your budget, either go raise the money or crowdfund or ask people to work for free, depending on how long it is or involved it is, and feed every, you know make sure you feed everyone. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then you start just kind of like slowly doing your best to make original content, to make your content and tell, and tell your story and create like, you know, your collaborative team that, that you love and want to be around. That's awesome. Did that answer it for you? Is that? Yeah. I... yeah. 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 Okay. You did great. That was great. Okay. I also wanted to touch on the streaming service part as well. Like, how did you go about like, just deciding that you wanted to do that and like actually doing it. I know. Wasn't that the dumbest idea, Kaylin? I mean, it's like, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing and I was like, this is ridiculous. But at the time, I don't know if y'all have, or any of the listeners have ever had this idea that just won't let you go. It's like, it, w it will not be released. And like, there's something in your being that tells you like, nope, you got to do this. It's just an idea that just keeps tapping you on the shoulder. And that was the streaming platform. And I, and I kind of said to probably myself, like, that is so stupid. You don't know how to code. Like, why would you start a streaming platform? Everyone who started streaming platforms know how to code. Um, but it would not let me go. And so I thought, okay, if I can like find someone who knows how to do this or knows someone who knows how to do it and can do it like kind of inexpensively, cause I really didn't have a lot of money. Um, Let's see what we can do. And so I just started asking around. You just kind of start, and that's what I have found. I think this is the case in anything that you want to do, any dream that you want to do, any idea that you have. You just start asking people and you go, hey, do you know someone who knows how to, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for? And I was lucky that I had people in my kind of circle randomly. And that's the other thing that I think happens is like serendipitously things start happening. And that's kind of when you know your idea is one that you are supposed to continue with. I think when you have like, like you just happen to be at coffee with this person because you all are on, your kids are on the same soccer team and you say like, oh, I have this idea to do bloody blah, blah. And they go, I know someone who does that. It's like weird how stuff like that starts to happen when one of your ideas is you're supposed to continue with it. So that's kind of what happened to me is I started just asking around and I found someone who like knew how to knew kind of how to code or knew what we needed to do. And I just started asking people to take meetings and I asked for help. I didn't try and pretend like I knew something I didn't. I didn't try and like, I just was like real honest about it. I was like, I have no clue how to do this. I feel like it might be easy. What do I need? And it's amazing how when you ask for help, people like kind of show up to help and show up to like support you. And that's kind of what happened. And so I found someone who could who who knew where to find people to inexpensively build a streaming platform, which I know sounds really weird, but they did. And we went through multiple iterations too, by the way, like the one that, you know, um, and, the, and then different people came into my life to redo the site and like make it because we started this, y'all. I just got a notice from LinkedIn. It was like, congratulations on your work anniversary for starting Tello Films 16 years ago. Whoa. I was wow. like, no, no, it was 12 years ago, LinkedIn. And LinkedIn was like, no, you're old. And I was like, oh my God. 
I didn't know LinkedIn offered insulting you services. Listen, it, it, listen, it's just that LinkedIn can be a saucy wench. Um, but uh, yeah, so, or it could have been in my head. Either way. Um, but yeah, so 16 years ago is when I first at least even put Tello up as like a job position that I had. So who knows when it was, but yeah, 16 years ago. So streaming platforms were not as abundant and easy as they are now. So we were really trying to figure out like, how do we do this? Like at first we were going to be like free and open and, and YouTube, and we're going to make all this money on advertising, which did not happen. So then we had to figure out how do we put up a subscription wall. Then we had to figure out how do we make it reoccurring revenue. And those things are now like you, y'all could decide to start a streaming platform right now. If you had a little bit of money and there you go, and you'll have an app and you'll have reoccurring revenue and you'll have, you know, a beautiful template platform. We didn't have any of that. So we had to like figure it out with no money. So I really had to um, beg, borrow and steal for, for, for what I was doing early on. And again, was lucky to have really generous people who, um, who wanted to, to be helpful. Um, yeah. So then in 2018, Tello moved to um, a Vimeo platform. Um, and, uh, but yeah, in the early days, it was like, we were figuring it out. We were just figuring it out and finding people who could help. Um, and then, and then I, I was lucky that I had a couple of family members who came in with some money, um, to be angel investors and kind of help me out and help me get started. Sounds like you were an OG in the space. <laughs> I was, I was, I was out there with Netflix and Hulu and then it was like little, yeah. little Tello. Netflix, Hulu, and Little Tello. That sounds yeah. like a, a show I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what would you say was your biggest obstacle to in all of that? Probably, um, you know, I don't know. Normally I would say money, but, you know, I was working a full-time job. So, you know, I wasn't going to go hungry or anything like that. So it was really mm -hmm. passion that kind of helped me with Tello. Um, you know, I think, I think the biggest optical were people giving, and it wasn't an obstacle, it's just sort of an annoyance, but it's like people telling me what I should do and how I should do it. Oh, you know, you should really open it up to like the full LGBT community. Nope. I don't want to do that. Oh, you know, you should make it like more like strong women focused. Nope, I don't want to do that. Do you know what you, like, if I had one more person tell me, like, do you know what you should do? I could have funded my entire site and, like, been as big as Netflix. Everyone wants to give you suggestions and they have a brilliant idea. But, you know, you're doing the sweat equity. And, like, the other thing that was really hard was, like, breaking through the press piece and getting our word out there. You know, I don't hear it as much with Tello, but like, I used to have people be like, I didn't know there was a lesbian streaming platform. I've never heard of Tello. And you're just like banging your head against the desk, like going like, I'm doing my best to get, but we couldn't get major press outlets to pick us up. We could barely get like the two or three lesbian outlets to pick us up. So it was really getting the word out. And, and we were on social media and it was trying to get followers and people to pay attention. And so that was really it in the early days. The frustrating and the obstacle was like getting the word out when, when you have no money, you know? Absolutely. We've gone through a lot of progress and regression when it comes to queer media, like over time to where we are now. So what do you think about the current trend of shows with like major queer representation, clearly leads just being canceled over a sudden? Yeah. 
I think it's like take two of like straight straight white guys canceling lesbians. It's like the showrunners did it in 2016, and now they're doing it to the community now. And it's 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 just just this bizarre wave of like you know who we you know who we haven't like totally crapped on oh the queer female community. Let's let's go. Let's cancel all the shows. Let's cancel representation. And you know I don't know I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I, you know, I, my like armchair philosophy theory, this is based on just Kristen. So please, anyone who's listening, like, this is my theory, personal theory. I think these shows were started during the Me Too movement. They went into production, they came out. It was huge for our community. It was amazing. And then all of a sudden, the decision makers, since they don't have to care about really diversity as much anymore, at least I don't feel like it's as big of a deal at this time, um, are deciding that it, they should be canceled. Um, even though it has a solid rabid fan base, like for whatever reason, it's not fitting into their algorithm. And I, you know, unfortunately I told someone the other day, Netflix is not going to bring something back from public pressure. They're just not, someone might pick it up, but they always go back to the algorithm. And they have an algorithm that makes all their decisions. And so they can kind of go, sorry, y'all. You know, you can sometimes get ahead of it. I think, I can't remember if it was like atypical or yeah. someone like tried, will try and do a please renew kind of campaign. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and, 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 and I think their algorithm and metrics change. It used to be, how much are you watching? Then it was how much is it being finished? Then it's how much is being rewatched. Mm-hmm. Now it's how many new subscribers is this show getting us? So the algorithm is constantly changing as to what is success. And so I think as a creative, that can be real. And as a viewer, that can be really frustrating. It's like, why? And it, and it also like makes no sense what does get renewed that seems to not be as good or as popular compared to what does get renewed and why. And so part of it, I think, is like they just don't, have the empathy around representation that we would want them to in order to like figure out how to make it work and make it happen or or and or how important it is to the community and so i just don't think they they care yeah i mean since like you said i do think that they you know since they're a business they're just like well that is that's it like this is the decision and especially netflix netflix has really been pissing me off the last few years but yeah but in your opinion what's changed the most from when you started in the industry till now i will say people are are more willing to not balk at content with strong female characters that have a lesbian storyline Whereas at first it was almost like a non-starter. Like you would literally hear like, well, you had the L word. And it was like, well, yeah, eight years ago. And this was before Generation Q. But it was like, you know, Dick Wolf can have 15 shows on the air that's all about like, you know, some kind of, you know, medical or whatever emergency. But God forbid we have two lesbian shows. So that was like kind of back in the day. Today, at least, I think people are willing to look at it. They recognize they do need diverse representation. And I do think you see a few more side characters who are um, queer on the shows. They might not be leading it. So I think that's something that's changed for the better since since I started um, 16 years ago. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that's a that's a positive thing. I think, you know, when we're able to have two 
LGBTQ Hallmark rom-coms, not just one or two LGBTQ holiday rom-coms on Lifetime, then we will have kind of hit a stride. Like, I feel like they still only let us have one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get one a year and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And, and be happy with it. You know, sorry if it mm-hmm. doesn't represent everything you want. You know, we gave you this, like, be happy. You know, you're kind of like. Here's... More happy content would be nice, though. It's always sad. Yeah. Yeah. More rom-coms, please. Yeah. Emphasis on the calm. Ones yeah. that aren't the happiest season. <laughs> I have four out there, everyone. I have four. Yes. We need yeah. so... we need to go watch those. Yes, I know. Exactly. I, I, me and my wife watched the one... Oh, Christmas at the Ranch. Christmas at the Ranch. It's so... It's actually really good. I was like, this is actually the best queer rom-com that exists like well, thank you, yeah. thank thank you, you. For listen that. to that like, all the podcast buckets. people thank you it's yeah so good go watch thank it if you, you don't watch it if you're listening to I, this. It's, it's so really good crazy that no one i know knows I about these movies and i'm like this is what i wanted in a movie <laughs> yeah so well, we're about then, to throw your stuff out there yeah so. then they complain about it and i'm like i have four of them they're right here <laughs> <laughs> go watch yes Sorry, Caitlin, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, and then I lost my place. How do you see the future of queer media media evolving? Um, that's a really good question. That's a really has let me ask this question. Has a league of their own gotten a season two yet? Not a, not, not yet. Not yet. officially. Not officially. Okay. That's what makes me nervous. That's that's, that's the I've kind of thing that makes me nervous. Like <laughs> That to me should be like a no brainer, but you know, so, you know, I don't know. I think what will be nice. I do think we're evolving beyond the coming out story. I think a lot of time was spent as it should be. I think we're a young storytelling community. I think the community is still a young storytelling community. And we were really obsessed with coming out stories and, you know, older stories where it's like, what did lesbians do back in the, back in the olden days before there was like, you know, so I think we're starting to move beyond that. Um, and I, I, I'm, where I'm hoping that we're going is that people recognize that we get more money for it. I think we're still very, very, um, struggling and suffering for, for, for being supported monetarily. When you see nice bright spots where there are monetarily supported things, you know, Winona Earp is a great example of, of community really coming behind and just like supporting it in a big and meaningful way. And I think that, um, you know, I think it, it would be nice if, if other things could have, could be supported by the community in, in the same, in the same vein. Um, that's my, that's my hope, um, and kind of what I'm, you know, hopefully, hopefully seeing. Yeah. I think the warrior nun phantom is doing a pretty good job at the moment of. They got billboards and yeah, what the hope for warrior nun should be, um, kind of what, um, what, um, one day at a time did where it went to pop TV. I, Mm. I can almost. I will go, if Netflix renews it, I will be shocked. What what they yeah. should hope is that another network sees how popular it is and looks at, at picking it up or doing Nothing. something in conjunction with something. That would be yeah. the hope. And, and I don't know the de- I don't know the details around it. I don't know. I think there's an IP involved, which can always be a little bit more complicated if it's Yeah, Netflix needs to release it. That's the big so, problem. 
yeah, so Netflix would need to release the IP, which can be, sometimes be very difficult. Um, and then another, you know, again, depending on how expensive it is, someone would want to put money behind it that matches the what what they believe the um, the the watchability of it would be. Absolutely. So, but if Netflix doesn't release the IP, it's y'all, it's dead in the water. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, sorry, I don't mean to be a downer, but I oh, just no. think people, no, no, we did a whole episode about this. We did a whole episode about it. Yeah. So. People, I don't think people understand the nuances of content mm-hmm. and like what right. exactly it takes to be, you know, what it takes for something to be renewed or jump to another network. Yeah. And that's, it can get frustrating to see a lot of tweets from people that are uh, somewhat inaccurate or yeah. ignorant of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, agree. You know, I'm always willing to come on and talk about that stuff, by the way, should you want to just email me since y'all can, I love talking about that stuff. And, (laughs) um, you know, as someone who, who kind of has a streaming platform, like knows a little bit about the nuances, uh, you know, around it. So anytime you want to talk about that, let me, I'm here for you. That would be a super fun time and we would totally be down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So this has been a fascinating conversation and you're obviously you've been like super passionate about creating media since like the nerd days as a kid with the VHS. Um, But like, I we wanted, I always find it good to know like why people are doing something. So why do you think it's so important to make a difference? Like with queer, like using queer media, like why is that so important? Well, so I think two, two, for me, it's two reasons. When I first started, I was like working a full-time job. So tele was the thing and making content was the thing I did on the side, like for fun. So I was sort of like, I don't care what y'all want to watch. This is what I want to watch. And I'm the one paying for it. So I'm going to make it. And so at first it was sort of like a very selfish endeavor where I was like, well, this is what I want to see. If y'all want to see it too, fantastic. Like, good. I think what I have come to realize and I, and I have, I talk about this all the time and I truly, truly believe it. I believe that when content creators, not just me, but when anyone makes content for our community, that is a positive representation, obviously, I think it saves lives. I truly, truly believe it saves lives. I think, you know, the, the suicide rate that we have in the community the um, you know, is, is still like higher. I think kids or people when they don't see themselves represented, don't feel worthy that their stories are important, that they have a community, especially people who, who live in rural um, areas. And I, so I, I think it saves lives. I think anytime you talk to anyone who's a part of like a passionate fandom, you will hear someone say, I felt so alone. And then I found this and I felt like I belonged somewhere. And then I found the fandom and I felt like I really belonged and I had friends. That saves lives, not just saves lives, but it also makes our life feel more worthy. So even if someone doesn't want to like, I mean, there are obviously people who have committed suicide. We know them um, uh, and, and, and have heard about them. But I also think that like, it makes your life better. Like finding a sense of community just makes your life better. And so I think there's there's a quality of, there's actual life. There's a quality of life. Um, and yeah, I just think it's like, just so important. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm like, I said, I don't mean to be dramatic, but I think it saves lives. And I, I truly believe that. 100%. I agree. 
we agree and that's why we do this as well yeah, so that's why we're here exactly y'all so, yeah and it is it's the same thing with with what yeah with what y'all are doing putting something out there and someone's going to say yes to it you know but you're going to pick the topics you want to talk about you're going to pick the people you want to talk about and if someone wants to join you great but if not it's your time it's your dime and exactly. you know talk about what you want to talk about so yeah but that is how we create community you're 100 percent. i'm with you um so we're curious if you have any projects you're working on or releasing soon my goodness always always brie i'm always working on something it's just <laughs> so much so much storytelling we know so this about you money. So. i know <laughs> so february 28th um my project scare bnb which is a limited series the first two episodes are releasing um it's fantastic it has mandala rose um sterling victorian lily richards abisha Ool. um it's a it's a thriller where no lesbians kill or get killed um, in the end, in fact, no one dies, spoiler alert, but it is, has jump scares. It's really fun. You're on the edge of your seat, like what's going on in this Airbnb that they've rented. Um, and so that's coming out February 28th. Um, people can still go and watch Marion Gay on divaboxoffice.tv. That came out this past December. So Fiora, if you liked Christmas at the Ranch, you will love Marion Gay. It's super fun, super cute. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, that's Yay. the holiday rom-com. Um, that's already out. So uh, then I'm hopefully, I should knock on some kind of faux wood around here, going into production on an action thriller. Um, oh. Yes. It's not this, I don't think this will be the end title, but it's currently titled, entitled Safe House. And it's like the closest I could get to Atomic Blonde, but set in the present day, but it's like kick ass, badass. Like, nice. This know, is what I've been waiting assassin. for. Oh, yes. it's like, I'm so excited. It's like <laughs> a, lot of, a little bit of lady loving in there as well, but like just some like, you know, super, super fly, amazing um, people. And, um, you know, always, I always talk about, because my mom would get mad at me if I didn't. I always talk about my next holiday. It's not a rom-com, but it's a holiday comedy that is yes. called Redneck Christmas. Um, oh, boy. No one has to go back in the closet, by the way, in this family comedy um set at christmas time so but it's also based on true stories of me bringing my friends or girlfriends home to my very very southern rural lovely beautiful family and the, the craziness that absolutely ensues because i have a crazy family i think i'm gonna vibe I with that, that a lot because that was like kind of like my life yes, yes. yeah oh, it. and it's kind of like my homage to like the flyover states and when you when the, mm. when queer people come home and and you know, it's not, it's, it's not as traumatic as I think past family movies have made it out to be. Mine is very, very loving. There's obviously some drama and conflict because it's storytelling and, and that's what makes it, you know, more the ending more wonderful. But um, yeah, it's all, it's based on, based on all my, my crazy stories of bringing folks home. I love it. I love all of those. We're going to watch it all. Yes. Thank wait. you. Thank Maybe you. Maybe a reaction so. video, guys? Yes, we'll do a yes. reaction video to it. Oh, that no, would be amazing. Please. Amazing, amazing. So, um, but hope but I'm I'm hoping those get funded. I'm again manifesting putting that out into the universe. And there's a couple of other things. I don't want to belabor it, but those are kind of the the top. Oh, we do I do want to mention I have Sonata Coffee that I'm hoping to shoot, which is a cute little like YA written by like a young upcoming lesbian writer 
Um, so uh, she that she sounds... did it. She wrote a meet cute kind of based on like her fanfic. So it's it's an homage oh. to those like coffee shop meet cute fanfics that are out Love there. Love it. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. Give this woman some money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the money. That's right, Brie. All of it. <laughs> All the money. Uh, well, thank you for sharing those with us, and we can't wait. And we will make sure to shout them from all of our social media. I appreciate you. So, before we uh, say goodbye, do you have any final words for the listeners at home? You know, I would say. You know, I always say, of course, support my projects, but I would just say support projects that you love with your time, with your talent, with your, um, with your treasure. Um, and, and, um, if you want to create, start creating, like do something, a little something every day, whether it's writing, whether it's like watching, you know, behind the scenes or how to videos or, or, you know, writing your own projects, like, you know, put, put something out into the universe that that you want to see or that you feel passionate about um and i think that makes a huge difference and, and find your find your people you know find your people find your community um i think that's so important that's great thank you again for taking the time to talk with us today thanks y'all it's so good to see your you busy day of travel <laughs> i know brie and caitlin um y'all are awesome um, it's well, so good to see so you, Theora. You. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, it's been too long. I keep, well, I keep meaning to reach out to you, Brie. So, well, um, yeah, it was a happy time. surprise to see you. Well, we really appreciate it and loved getting to know you better because we know you a little bit, but we got to know you so much better now. To everyone yeah. at home listening, make sure to check so out Kristen's streaming services, divaboxoffice.tv and Tello. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod. Or email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.